Welcome, welcome to the Bro CR Supercast. Basically, a super cool podcast. See what we did there? <laughs> we discuss all things obstacle course racing, culture, and community that embodies it. From performing athletes, flashy new gear, and secret guacamole recipes. Yummy. We've got you covered, bro. Do you have questions? We want to find answers. Want to talk about running in the mud and your next big adventure? Cool. So do we. Now let's lace up those trail kicks and jump in the corral. The Supercast. The Supercast starts now. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Good morning. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to the Supercast. I'm Leah Hensley. I'm Jacob Bosecker. Leah. Yes. What's new? Well, I dare I say, I feel like we are about to embark on a season here. Uh, define season. Well, a very abbreviated, <laughs> a very abbreviated, no championship, short term, two month long season. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a few races for a change. Um, I was yeah. laying this out, actually, and I can't believe like the next three months we, I've actually got one race every month. Well, and I have more than that. Like I was sitting there yeah, you've got a trying to get my schedule together for, you know, figuring out, you know, life stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting here writing stuff down and, you know, August and September are pretty well booked. I mean, I think I think if you are wanting and willing to kind of travel, there's something out there every weekend. Races. Yeah. yeah, so we've been, we've been a lot of people have been messaging me now about like our kilt photo, Leah. Um, yeah, because we're awesome. Because we like kilts. I'm so, <laughs> so glad I got to a new bring kilt. you down to the kilt side. Yeah. You know, I was like, so I was like, okay, so so going back on kilts. Before we go into the talk about this, yes. um, should should we go ahead and drop? <laughs> drop. Oh, we drop Benga. Yeah. Of course, our sponsor. Because I've got Benga something exciting CBD. to talk about this this week. Yeah, so Vegas CBD, hopefully you guys have listened to us for the past, I think, two weeks now. We've talked about their newest product, the Energy Drink, um, which is a berry blend of CBD and caffeine and other yummy, tasty stuff or vitamins. And stuff, yeah. and, yep. Um, so this product dropped. Um, they come in a box of five pack with mm-hmm. individual servings. Um, I like it. Have you tried it now? I have worked this into my workout. Okay. So how did you use it, Leah? Um, I think that's the important thing is how we're using a product. I'm always about like finding the right form, fit, and function for right. a product. Well, what Vanga, Vanga advertises that this particular product is good for pre, during, and post-workout. So um, I typically mix up a bottle of something while I'm working out. Um, and so that's what I did with the Vanga. I sipped on it a little bit before I started my workout, drank it during, and then, you know, finished whatever was left by the end. So for me, I did this as a pre-workout. So if anybody's been following us here on the Supercast here recently, um, I had a bit of a medical instance here recently with rhabdomyosis. Mm -hmm. Um, now I've been told recently now that I've got to work like, I've got to go on lower caffeine diet, um, watch alcohol intake some better now because I'm getting right. older. 
Oh, um, yeah. And I mean, we're all good hard. advice, all, solid advice yeah. all around. So I've been very, I've been on no pre-workout. Okay. No pre-workouts whatsoever. Sorry, guys, over at Endure Elite. I love your stuff. Um, can't do it right now. Right. Um, I can maybe do the no caffeine version. Right. right. But um, and I've thought about working in that, but I've just kind of been leery towards anything putting it in my body. Well, but I, I mean, like, a okay. traditional pre-workout will have anywhere between two to 300 milligrams of caffeine. So yep. it's a pretty, pretty hefty shot. Yep, it can be it can be a lot. Um, so the Vanga stuff, first off, I'm gonna say is 75. Yep. Not a lot. Nope. Um, about about a cup of coffee, and I like my coffee. Yep. If anybody knows me, I used to be a barista back in the day, and I know my coffee. Mhm. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll do this as a pre-workout, and I'll say. So I also put in some beetroot extract. Um, once again, um, alpha beet from. No, I love it. I think it's good I stuff. I hate beets. Um, I put in some alpha beet from Endurally in it. Mhm. And kind of made a cocktail for myself here. Okay. Um, turned out well. And here's here's where I say I would use this. Mm-hmm. If I'm going into a longer race, mm-hmm. like let's say a beast or okay. something like that, because now even supers are only a 10K. Right, um, right. So you're talking about anything, you know, more than an hour and a half-ish, yeah, two hours it, worth of for time. For me, it cuts the jitters down. So I don't go out the gate too freaking crazy. Um, or okay. like it helps like for me, because I'm, I'm sure I'm somewhere on the ADD spectrum. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, probably somewhere in there a little bit, but yeah, a little bit. <laughs> that helped me, helped me like kind of calm down, get my groove a little bit earlier mm-hmm. and also kind of like give me that little push. Um, right. I think it's a, I think it's finding the right place for it. So they also have the gummies though. That yeah, are I'm a huge fan of my gummies. I, big staple in my in my routine i think the cbd oil because of its liquid form do you know much about like how your body processes liquids versus fats uh, liquids versus solids as like, far basic, as basically liquid constituted cbd can enter the bloodstream quicker oh yeah orally. mj talked to us about yeah. jay and dave both mm-hmm. talked to us about it when we've had them on previously Yep. So liquid, it's going to be absorbed a little bit quicker. It's not going to take as long as far as the gummies. So it's right. like, for me, that works. It's a good before race. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about during or post post. I'm not a huge fan of because of the caffeine, but I think mm-hmm. before that works great for me. Well, in the liquid form, you know, as far as the drink goes is a little more conducive for taking it on the course than gummies would be. Um, gummies are great when it comes to like a traditional road race, but when you're talking about an OCR in which you're getting wet, you know, just the mm-hmm. logistical yeah, part of carrying gummies with you um, without them getting destroyed is a little more difficult. So in those instances, you know, if you're wanting something while you're racing, um, the energy drink fills that gap, I think. Absolutely. So as always, check it out, guys. Venga CBD. Um, use code BROCR. Save yourself 15%. Cool tools out there, very useful, and helps you sleep at night. So, yeah. without further ado, we've had we've got an episode here. Um, I'm gonna be bringing in here in a few. We'll transition over to um, mm-hmm. VJ Jones and um, Rich Diaz. Richard Diaz. Yeah, we you got brought, you got to talk to them. Um, we shot the shit with though. them. Yep. Yep. Um, wanted to bring them in, talk about their new OCR performance program that you can sign up for. Um, all the details are in there. But before that, so we've got races coming up. We've got two races coming up here. Um, next weekend, we've got Highlander 
Yep. And the Viking Obstacle on the East Coast is coming up. But then after that, we've got Savage. Yep. We've got another Highlander at the end of yep. February. And hopefully Frontline. February. What month are you on? September. Sorry, sorry, September. <laughs> and then, um, sorry, September. Uh-huh. And then in October, Halloween night, we've got Frontline. Yeah, yeah. So, Leah, do you think all these are going to happen? I know, I know so far yes. Highlander is. <laughs> I am. Well, yes. If you guys are listening and you guys, are, for whatever reason, still on the fence, rightfully so, we understand. <laughs> um, just know that Highlander is happening. Um, all hoops have been jumped through, all signatures have been obtained, and all, um, you know, responsible parties have given the green light and said, no matter what, you're on, you're good to go. So join us um, next weekend, August 15th, up in Holiday Hills, Illinois. It's up on the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. Um, and it is an evening run. We talked about that last week with Chad. Um, so join us Saturday night. Absolutely. We're going to have a good time. And it's you're not going to be out there all freaking night, though, is the thing. No, no. There, now, there is an endurance option. I believe there might be one or two slots left on that. Um, which is a six-hour race. Yep. Yep. Which is a six-hour race. If mm-hmm. you prefer to do the multi-lap option, um, but if you're just wanting to go have some fun, throw down um, a 5K with some friends, then that's the the regular heat. It'll be fun. Yep. I'm excited. I was talking to Jordan Bashimi about that the other day, and he's he's pumped. He's um, talking some shit. So I mean, he has pretty much self-declared himself the winner. Um, I think that the field is small, but competitive, and I think it's going to be a good race. You know, it's going to it's a 5K and it's in the dark. You better ha- better have your wheels ready. Um, yeah, it's a different I, ball game. I'll just I'm just going to say this: since mm-hmm. Chad said I've got to run elite now, I've been working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been yeah, you hours. you've been throwing down some times. I think the men there's definitely some men to watch that are coming. Um, so if you want a piece of it, um, oh and for you swag whores out there, have you seen the prizes that Chad's putting up? So the yeah. sword is for the endurance option. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a Scottish dagger um, mm-hmm. for the male and female with the most laps during the six-hour endurance option. Um, mm-hmm. And then the elite heat is getting this medieval torch-looking thing. The torch looks freaking cool. It looks pretty badass, so... Jordan's taking home torchy things. Oh, look at you already resigning to Jordan. I don't, we'll see. You know, he's he's got the wheels. He is the Motor City Man, man. He's <laughs> we'll got see, wheels though. that anything can happen. So. Anything could happen. He could he could have a rough obstacle or something. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Speaking so of anything happening, that. did you watch the um, High Rocks? So that was the next big weekend? thing to talk about. So High yeah. Rocks had their virtual world championship. Yeah, so we've talked about this one. This has been going on for several weeks now. Um, And there was all kinds of discussions throughout the weeks over, you know, good reps and bad reps and videos and whatnot. Um, And I will throw many kudos to Hyrox. They went through all the videos and properly scored them and filtered the results to make it so that it was right. Um, Good. If, yeah. If you go to the leaderboard, it took me a minute to figure this out. So if you are listening and have not figured this out yet, 
if you go to the leaderboards and you do your filter to search by your you know age group or whatever your competition is there's a separate field that says qualified check that mm-hmm. uh, qualified or certified i can't remember but one of those you change that to yes and it filters out all the garbage so the people that didn't submit videos the people that missed workouts Okay. The people that got no, you know, whatever the case gets it down to brass tacks. It exactly. It filters it down to the legit results, um, and then that's where you know the leaders were picked from. Okay. And so we had body weight and equipment, but mm-hmm. they picked just the equipment to compete in the championship. So the top four men and the top four women competed live um, Sunday for the for the championship. Um, and so it, you know, they did a really good job. They released the workout ahead of time. So competitors knew what was coming and they could strategize because this workout was kind of a choose your own adventure workout. Yeah. I heard about that. So yeah. So the official workout was 5k row, 150 wall balls and 50 burpee deadlift jump over the rowers. So basically, you were side by side with your rower, dumbbells in each hand. Men had 35s and women had 20s. And you did a burpee, you know, stood up mm-hmm. as your deadlift and then had to jump over the rower each time. Yep. So you could do it however you wanted. If you wanted to go 5K row, all your wall balls, all, you know, you could break it down to different. It's like Murph. You can partition mm-hmm. it. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, so people came in with different strategies. How would you have attacked that workout? Uh, me? Mm-hmm. I like burpees. I've been getting quick on my burpees. Um, okay. I'd go that route. So what? You do all 50 of your burpees first? <sighs> That's a lot with weight. That's 70 pounds, mind you. You're holding 35s in each hand. I'd split it. I'd split it. Into even rounds? Or how would you do it? Even rounds. Yep. Okay. We saw some I, I people like do even rounds. We, yeah, we saw some. Um, one of the men went it, seemingly so just <sighs> kind of based on how he felt. Like he did it and it was like sometimes he stopped at 12 and sometimes he stopped at 17 and, you know, just kind of did it and then just kept moving, which I yeah, think I, is I, I think bottom is line the most important. Is keep moving. Mm-hmm. But for me, understanding I have a goal in mind, mm-hmm. like keeps me moving. Like, okay, I've got like. Five rounds of 10 or something, right? That like, boom, 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 boom. And then I'll go right. five up, five down, boom, I'm out. Next one. Right, right. <laughs> and like that, like for me, having those mental check boxes is so important instead right. of trying to keep count. Well, in the end, we had three out of the four women were from America mm-hmm. um, and one German. And then for the men, we had no Americans representing in the final four. Um, and the two champions, that? a woman named E. Shurich won it for the women. And um, the favored male um, actually got defeated. I think most most people were betting on um, Lucas Storath to come and, yeah. and take the championship, but ended up being Marcus Frizon, Frizon um, both from Germany. So it was exciting to watch. Why didn't Hunter do this? <laughs> I'm curious. You're training with him now. Why didn't Hunter do it? <laughs> um, so is he my being a, is he being gross? Uh, you is he know, being a <laughs> my guess. Now I don't know, 
Um, my guess is because he is a sponsored athlete by them. Um, he is, you know, one of their pros, um, mm-hmm. is why he didn't. But then again, Hunter is very dialed in and focused on what he wants to work on. And that's the whole focus of his house training. He yeah. does what he He's focused is on working High Rocks towards. World Championship. High Rocks World Championship and Murph are his two big focuses. Right now, over the past month, he has been in a heavy um, a lifting cycle, um, trying to build his raw strength specifically with um, benching and uh, How many hot dogs he can deadlift at one time. <laughs> right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So. I, bet, I, bet, I bet that man could throw a like, football over the mountains over there. <laughs> I'm sure he could out in Malibu or wherever he's at right now. Other than Hunter, Hunter, if if anybody's listening or if Hunter's listening specifically, Mm -hmm. give him crap because he said he was supposed to come on our podcast when he was done with breaking the Murph championship. And he was busy going and talking about his feelings with Vinnie Gifford (laughs) out in the mountains. Yeah, yep. we never got that. We never got that hot dog eating son of a gun here on here. So We'll we'll have to bring him back on. I've got an idea for a possible few side hustles here so okay. it's it's gonna be funny if i can pull this off here in the next month mm-hmm. um but anyway hunter i'm gonna need you for that <laughs> <laughs> so uh without further ado though yeah okay, so, so be, you, before, you got to talk go, to these be, mm-hmm. before we go there before we go there how would you split up this what did you think about the finishing like the, the championships um, final it was i had a busy week i didn't get to watch it yeah, it was it was exciting. Both men and women came down to the end. Um, you know, I would probably have waited heavily in the beginning on the exercises, the the burpees and the wall balls, because you could tell that the athletes that saved them towards the end were just gassed. Yeah. Um, so you know, a couple people tried almost saving nearly saving the whole row towards the end and just rowing at the end to the finish. But I would definitely break it up. Um, and, and, you know, like we said, the, the key was definitely to keep moving with intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as you started slowing level. down. Yeah. Yeah. But they were beasts. I know I personally would have totally ate shit jumping over that rower with the weight. So yeah, um, that's hard. Super kudos to them. I mean, and there was some money on the line. First place got three thousand dollars. Yeah, boy. So, yeah, boy. It was good. Good deal. Well, this week we're gonna break it in here with VJ Jones and Richard Diaz with their new OCR performance project. Yeah. Um, I got, wasn't got, able to be on this call, so you were not. You were busy. Yep. Um, you know, Rich is just an opinionated dude. <laughs> that's just who he is i think and anybody who's been in the sport and not just our sport but running in general knows that about richard that's part of who richard is it's part of the luster of who he is he is an opinionated mm-hmm. dude uh but without further ado let's kick on over to that and i believe we're good here hey everybody welcome back i'm here with vj jones and rich diaz rich how's it going bud doing well if I was better, I'd have to be twins. <laughs> and how about you, VJ? How's things going? Oh, things are great. I'm up here in NorCal. Uh, just a quick shout out to the OCR Laura. It's her birthday this weekend, and uh, awesome. we're celebrating up here in NorCal, and it's it's a blast. Did you kiss her on the forehead for me, like I told you? Um, I'm about to. Hold Where? on. 
<laughs> well, yeah. I'm doing I was talking good. to her the How other day, you, you know. How are you doing, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm doing good here, doing good here. Just trying to get back to normal here after the whole Rabdo episode. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. That was uh, that was fun stuff here. Uh, but things are getting... What happened? Yeah, man, I got, I got Rabdo. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> from from Murph or something, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. So I did Murph in 51 minutes and knocked my body out of whack. Jeez, dude. That's scary stuff, uh, man. Yeah, I was uh, pissing blood and myoglobin, and uh, my liver and kidney levels were, like, really rough. <laughs> so just got my last blood work done this morning, though. All my numbers are back to normal, so I'm good. Wow. Good to hear. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Dude, it was uh, it was hairy shit there for a second. <laughs> but but things are way better now. Things are things are back on the up and up. Um So yeah. That's that's all we've been doing. So that that and training, I guess, right now. Um realistically, you guys just like everybody else know the entire season's pretty much on the rocks. Yeah. Yeah, as things like things were getting better and now everything's diving back down. So all the events that I think people had planned, I, I don't think not everybody's canceled things yet, but I guess they're probably going to be on the outs pretty soon. Yeah, um, I'm really intrigued to see. So we saw Spartan Race have their Jacksonville event, right. um, you know, and that was obviously what kind of I expected to see something a lot less um, competitive, but very just, hey, we're here, we're doing this. And yeah. this weekend, Savage Race is having their race up in Chicago. Oh, very cool. I'm interested so I'm to see intrigued. how they how they pull together. Absolutely. Um, interesting stuff. So, but you just this weekend ran a triathlon, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Total Body Fitness was putting on this little local like Friday night triathlons. Um, I think. They had one last week, so they did one this week, and they're probably going to have a few more throughout the summer, um, like every weekend. Because according to like, I think like county county ordinances and stuff, they can continue to put on events as long as they only have waves of ten people. Okay. On weekdays, so like at the lake they're at, um, it gets busy on the weekends, but as long as they do it during a weekday and only have waves of ten people, then they're totally fine to do what they do and. I mean, it was a blast. It was great. There's some pretty fast dudes and uh, a pretty decent turnout. I mean, it, it sells out because it's pretty limited, but it sells out, I think, every week. So hats That's off awesome. to those guys for putting on a great little, little event. What were your distances on that? It's a, it's a super sprint, so it's a 400-yard swim, five-mile bike, oh. and a two-mile run. Oh, damn. So that's quick. It was very quick. It was, but the swim was still too long for me. Like, <laughs> I don't know Tell what you, I was doing out there. Crushed you, dude. Say it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I said back in the day I would have crushed you. Oh, you definitely would have, dude. I'm, I'm like a deer in the water. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't move at all. Dude, I'm, I'm a horrible swimmer, and that's like one of the things here I want to do. Like eventually, is I'm looking to do. I think I want to eventually do an Ironman now, yeah. but my Careful. swimming is just pathetic. <laughs> So I'm just going to tell you, it is long, it is long. 
Um, one of my best friends here in town is an Ironman, and I've uh, been training with him a bit, but my swimming is just pathetic, though. I've never, I yeah, never, it takes time. like, boy, I get to get off the bike now and run a marathon. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the two of you right now, I guess going on here to the, the main meat and potatoes here, the two of you have now put together an OCR training program, correct? That's yeah, correct. the uh, the OCR Performance Project. Yeah. That's a great name, by the way. Rich, you want to give us a little bit of, of just a abbreviated, like what you guys are doing with it and what you want to do with it? Okay, well, so um, I put on quite a few of these group programs through Facebook over the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Uh, it's interesting because once we kind of get the group grow- going, we don't talk about it much more. <laughs> it's like Fight Club. Once you're in, you're in, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> and so we've been doing it, but they were running specific type of programs. We had Crush the Run. Uh, we did a, a long-distance event. We did like a 30K, 40K, 50K event. Uh, I did do a super OCR-specific event. Um, usually they run between 16 and 20 weeks. But, uh, you know, VJ and I, we do a lot of work together. And um, I thought, you know, I should involve him. Because he's a master when it comes to getting through these obstacles. And I felt that people are ready to get back to obstacle training. And so we're like, uh, you said it, the meat and potatoes. We're just kind of like, we, we come together on this and we uh, collaborate on the training. We decide what's going to happen every day. And uh, we put it out there for our group, and weekly we get together with them on a live chat, and we discuss what's coming, what transpired, answer questions for folks, and um, they upload their training to my Training Peaks account so we can see the analytics, can see how okay, things okay. are shaking out. Uh, so it's a pretty robust program, and uh, you know the goal is to try to keep it reasonable price-wise for people, and give them you know top-notch coaching. So what's the what's the price in this guy? It's sixty nine per month. It's open, okay. so they can quit whenever they want, stay as long as they care to. Uh, our focus is to try to stay in it and keep keep pounding it out right in through the next training season. Um, there is a setup fee. We we put a setup fee in it uh, primarily because we want to separate the wheat from the chafe. You know, you're either in it and serious about it, or you're not. I don't want somebody yeah. to just come in and drop down $69, try to glam onto our information and, and scoot. So um, it's it's good. We've got a pretty good group right now. I, I really am enjoying the fact that there's a lot of people that I don't know in the program. Usually I know most of the people that come into my programs. And we got people from Hong Kong. We got people from all oh, over. Oh, wow. Yeah, we got people from all over the world in this, which uh, I like the international flavor. And uh uh, so far, so good. That's pretty fun. You know, it's it's really cool to see right now where we've got something like this. It's it's giving us time to finally slow down, stop, and for once in the sport, I feel, really look at our training. What have we been doing? Where are we going? What's, what's the next point? And to create groups like this on an international scale is really, really cool. Yeah. Well, I have clients, uh, uh, if you're not aware, I, I do train clients internationally. I have clients in Africa. I've got, I actually have a, a client in the UK right now that's getting ready to do a race in Czechoslovakia this, I think it's this weekend. 
Uh, it's a Spartan event. Um, mm-hmm. I, we, one of our, one of the guys in our program is from Slovakia. I mean, we, uh, I've got, I've got clients in Zimbabwe, Africa, I've got people all over the world. And so it's kind of interesting to see the kind of things that they deal with relative to the things that we deal with. Uh, a lot of times their races are significantly different than ours. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. Plus like, um, you know, looking at it from a different level. Um, a global perspective. One of the things I've seen some athletes come here back to Indiana recently, and they're just like, "Oh my God, you guys are dealing with like 90% humidity right now." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, summers are pretty humid here," <laughs> and they're like, "I'm used to the mountains. He's, the air is just so saturated." And you get done running, it looks like you jumped in a pool. I was like, "Yeah, that's that's pretty much the baseline here." But looking at like different people and different like. I'm just not even used to the altitude. So somebody dealing with altitude, how they deal with that and how like they get acclimated and stuff to it. It's such an interesting thing right now while everything's slowed down um, to just kind of stop and really look at what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I have clients in, in uh, Edmonton, Canada and their winters are just crazy. I mean, brutal. They, they basically end up living on a treadmill from, well, uh, probably October to May because it's so freaking cold, you know, and yeah. snow. it's like I've got clients are sending me pictures where they're running on a trail in the snow and, and you know, passing a couple moose, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a good, I was just talking to some people this morning. I, I was showing them some, some clips that were sent to me from my clients in Zimbabwe where they were treed because they were being chased by rhinoceros. Right. Jeez. Oh, yeah. So you talk about different types of flavors when you get international. Oh, absolutely. Ah, just it's so crazy. So so even looking at another international event right now, it sounds like everything in Abu Dhabi is kind of on pause. We're trying to figure out what we want to do there. Um, VJ, with you being an athlete and Rich being your coach, how do you prepare for this right now? Like what are the next step? Like what what's you guys' target right now? Well, the target keeps on moving right now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I mean, at first it was nice to have a break when like COVID first happened. Um, I started my training for the season a little late. I had like a little nagging injury. So I felt mm-hmm. kind of unprepared going into Jacksonville and I was like stress training, trying to get ready for, for Seattle, and, uh, the next couple races in the series. Like I, like every run I'd, I'd be like stressed out, like, Oh my gosh, I got to make sure this run is as good as possible. And all this training is like perfect to make sure that I'm ready and, um, getting to take like a little bit of time to like reset and just focus and put in like the base work that I needed to was really nice. Um, but then it just kept going and it like the break never ended and we're still (laughs) on it. So, um, yeah, it was, and without any goals, it's, it's hard to just maintain work. Like I, I applaud people that can just keep on working without a real goal set. So I slowed down a bit. Like I'm still running, or I was still running and, and, you know, doing workouts every week and just staying like it kind of like a, like a 75% ready state all the time. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, the U S national series supposed to come back, you know, West Virginia and Utah were, uh, set up. So we're training for those. And I know, I don't, I haven't seen that either of those events have been canceled yet, but I know they most likely will be, um, so. I think, yeah, last week we had an email from Spartan, which is like, I, I called it the pre-cancel. <laughs> um, yeah. 
It's like, hey guys, you might want to check about your reservations here and maybe kind of keep it on the on the DL. <laughs> wow. And I was like, I was like, just say it. But apparently they're going to well, make an announcement. But I keep end bitching of the week. at uh, VJ that we need to stay sharp regardless. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, you're a warrior, right? And you just never know when the battle's going to come about. You got to be prepared. You don't want to restart your training. You know, you want to you want to stay. I, I like to think. The, the goal would be to keep my athletes 80% ready at any time. And um, I'm, I'm seeing where that's starting to pay off an occasion where an event will show up. Maybe it's not a Spartan event. Maybe it's something else. But just a little something to get in and wet your whistle, you know, get in and get a chance to fight a little bit. Oh, but absolutely. I, so, VJ, you hear that? You're 5% off right now. You're at 75. We need a good solid 80. <laughs> Honestly, that's, that's 65. He, we, uh, we, he wants to say 75. He's a 65. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the last like month, we started putting work back in once the U.S. National Series was announced again. Mm-hmm. Um, getting getting in some decent run shape, actually. Like it. So right now, I'm just gonna try to maintain fitness and um, you know work on the things that have always been a problem for me throughout the years like the people that are going to do really well coming out of this are the ones that focused um on the little holes in their game and really uh figured that out for me that's always been like i've always been short on volume you know richard's been yeah. you know bitching to be a, to get my volume up to like 55 60 miles a week for 60. like a couple years now <laughs> 60 yeah. yeah 60 miles a week so um i'm building up towards that you know i've put in some decent long runs and um i'm getting up there because everyone knows in the beast distance i tend to fade you know once we get past that like 15k mark so i've been working on that and uh you know doing a lot of hill climbing and just filling in the the gaps in my game so that when we do return i'll be a a more well-rounded athlete so i think I think when things come back, it'll be good. And I'm really interested to see how people survive time off. Like who's who overtrained and, and blew up and who took a little time off and came back sharp and, and what, what everyone's approach was to it. So it'll be, it'll be good. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, was, I, definitely. I was watching this uh, project on, on Netflix. Um, the last dance. Did you see that? I've not yet. No. The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. Oh, I, I saw it last night. I saw it previewed. I'm like, okay, I've got to watch this here in the next yeah. week. That's, well, that's all my time to do. The reason I even bring it up is because on the, in the context of this conversation, uh, Michael Jordan was arguably the best, probably always will be the best basketball player that ever lived. Agreed. And, But the mindset that this guy carries daily, I mean, 4 o'clock in the morning – He'd hit the gym to, to work on his shot, you know, and when all of his buddies were, you know, in the hotel room with the chicks and the, the weed and doing lines, he'd say, I'm out, guys. You know, I'll see you in the morning. And it's just kind of been his thing. And you get to this place where and I've been around a long time, as you probably are aware, and I've known a lot of great athletes and the difference between the great ones and the ones that just struggle with being good is their day-to-day you just got to be you got to keep your your sword sharp i've been saying this over and over again for the last few weeks but you got to keep your sword sharp you got to stay about 80 percent. now you don't want to go like race ready every day can't do it won't work but you do need to stay within 
within striking distance of, of winning an event at any given day. That's exactly what I was going to say, striking distance. <laughs> right. I'm saying that for DJ this morning because I'm just trying to remind him that I didn't see him this morning in training. <laughs> hey, I'm going out for a nice long mountain bike ride this morning. I've been pretty active. It's been a very active weekend over here for me. Even though it hasn't been run specific, it's been very active. And I was actually surprised at uh, how I did in the triathlon. Like, my swim was obviously really terrible, um, just flopping around out there in the water. But I came out of the run, and the whole run was on trails. And I was able to keep it, you know, around 530 for the whole run and Good right you, off the man. bike. So I'm pretty happy with where my run was at. For for how how much work how far were you for first place? Oh, he he put two minutes on me in the water. <clears throat> and he kept so it. I, he he kept it. Yeah, I think he got me a little more on the bike too. I think his transitions were real quick. And uh, I was I, I know my run time was faster, but I think he had me on both of the other things. Like this kid was a freak. He's like a fish. Yeah, that matters. Absolutely matters, especially in triathlons. So, okay, so Vijay, what's your bike right now? What are you like riding? What bike am I riding? Oh, dude. yeah, man. It's so sick. It's a, <laughs> it's the most sick thing ever. Yeah, it's, it's a streamers that come out of the end of the handlebars. Oh, <laughs> basket, a real nice basket. <laughs> I'm riding a Schwinn Fastback. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's all right. I mean, it's um, I always think of you have to earn your equipment so i would i was like just riding a road bike around every once in a while and it's decent it's got carbon forks aluminum frame it's uh i think uh 24 speed three in the front eight in the back so triple okay okay yes so yeah it's, it's good it gets the job done it 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 gets me from a to b but I'm not going to go <laughs> yeah. out and get like some carbon road bike because I don't really like cycling that much. Like I like uh, mountain bike a lot more. That's much yeah. more my speed. I, I grew up racing like cross country. So mountain biking's always been my speed. So I, I put a, a good investment into a mountain bike, but I don't think I'm going to waste too much time with the road bike unless I get serious. Have, have you noticed yeah. how many people have been showing that they're getting on their road bikes lately? Social media? I just, oh yeah, just, Kirk DeWint just finished 100 miles. A lot of guys out there getting on the road bikes. I think they look at that as the, uh, you know, the the pause button between getting into OCR specific training and and just trying to keep uh, cardio fit. You know, I'm yeah, thinking I, about. Yeah, I think it's a trend. Jumping back on mine. <laughs> I used to actually before OCR, I was actually um, an endurance cyclist. I was starting to get into the world of like crossing states on a bicycle That's so cool. yeah so i did i did the state of indiana in a day it was 160 miles um i've done a few other things like that but i can tell you right now riding a full carbon is a blast on the road um for some of the given stuff but getting that aluminum frame like you've got vj that rigidity sometimes is just something nice to fall back on um it was yeah, so goofy though. I, I always go oh go ahead man go ahead well, I've, I've always had trouble trusting, like, full carbon. Like, on the road, I can see it. But sometimes, oh, yeah. I, you know, you watch these guys on the tour. They're going 65 miles an hour down a hill. 
and like you're putting your life on this little bit flexible carbon frame and and i think the same way about mountain bikes like some of these mountain bikes are running full carbon the entire thing and they're hitting 35 foot doubles and you're like that thing is like flexing around on you i know it is and yeah. people are just trusting it putting your life on the line on this thing that's not even metal so i mean all right carbon does yeah, we've got Carbon's carbon carbon so- can flex you it think? snaps it yeah. snaps oh, yeah right. oh it snaps it, it, it flexes. I, I, i've had carbon bars that that flex a little bit and they, like i have carbon bars on my mountain bike right now and they, they got a little wiggle to them dude they just a little bit yeah when i was just back enough. in uh when i was in college so also i was a i was a pole vaulter back in college and i remember carbon fiber pole vault poles were like the new cool thing oh jeez so I we were so used to fiberglass at the time, but like I remember grabbing my first carbon fiber pole and using it, and the way it just launched you so quick when it snapped. Oh my god, it was freaking it was scary. <laughs> yeah, I bet it 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 doesn't like it has no lag on that that snapback. Nope. That, yeah. <laughs> that's when hard. you're trying to rip a 13 foot pole vault pole that's carbon fiber into a into the box there and and throw yourself 15 foot up, it's a it's scary shit. <laughs> Man, I wonder if they still use those or not. I, I'm sure they do. I'm sure more. I, I'd have to check with my sister. She's actually one of the the coaches here in our town that helps with the the high school team. But we'd have to. I'll have to get back and look at that. I think maybe I'll just start vaulting again. I'm gonna quit OCR and just do vaulting and <laughs> road cycling after this. Yeah, that's a nice. Thing. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, going back to this. Um, Let's talk recovery for a second. So you two, Rich, something that you guys have been doing big here is um, you guys have always been adamant about recovery and like getting yourself rehabilitated quickly to get VJ back out there, um, low injury level. Um, I know you guys have been using the Vanga stuff. I know that you guys have done like grasping and scraping techniques. Um, I know that you guys have done a variety of things. You want to walk me through some of the recovery stuff that you guys are looking at? Well, for starters, I don't do grasping. Um, I do, okay, use, okay. I do instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization, which is, okay. uh, which Graston was basically the tool of choice for that type of treatment. Okay. Um, but since you brought that up, yes, uh, I found it interesting that we, when we're dealing with, uh, issues like, uh, I don't know, nagging, connective tissue, you, you, you name it, whether it be your IT band, whether it be your Achilles, your plantar fascia, whatever. Uh, I would. I really like to use the tools, and um, I find that kind of a one-two punch is I've been using the the Vanga balm is kind of mm-hmm. a medium to deliver. Uh, well, first lubrication, but um, using the tools to deliver the the balm more directly into the area to get more yardage out of the product. Um, so yeah, um, been using Vanga. Yeah, I know VJ um, swears by it. Um, I found that for me, just personally, for me, if I do like one of the, uh, the gel caps or whatever they're called, uh, before mm-hmm. I go to bed, I sleep like a rock, almost scary. Yeah. It's like doing LSD. I find <laughs> I dream like nuts, you know, but very uh, vivid dreaming. <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I have really vivid dreams with it. How about you, VJ? Um, I don't know. I, I, my dreams are so strange anyways. Um, I don't want to get into that, but <laughs> fair uh, enough, yeah, fair I, mean, enough. I, uh, 
I really liked the recovery balm. That was the first product I used from them. Um, I stumped upon them when I, you know, had an aroma on my foot and I was trying like three different brands of CBD and then Rich put some Venga on my foot and it went away like almost instantly. It was amazing. And I've stuck with it. Um, but then I found the, uh, those gel caps that they made and that's almost better than the, the recovery balm. Just like, if you're sore, you're wrecked. You take two of those before bed, you wake up and, um, you know, the world's changed. It's amazing. Um, and I mean, CBD is just, uh, an amazing thing in itself. You know, the anti-inflammatory properties and, um, everything you get in the realm of like your CNS and everything, making adaptations as well. But, uh, I'd say like Venga just does it so much better because of how much quicker it works and how much more you get from using it. So for the people who don't know, I'm sure they a lot of people have heard this before, but Venga makes a water soluble CBD. So rather than your body only absorbing like 15 to 20 percent of an oil, since this is water soluble, you're actually going to get 85 to 90 percent um, bioavailability, which is a game changer in the world. I'm, I'm surprised nothing like that existed before then, but I guess, you know, somebody has to be the, the groundbreaking company that makes it happen. Yeah. There's a few other water soluble ones now, but it's like, they'll say it's like a nanited particle or it's, uh, there's different verbiage around that. Yeah. But, um, I think the, the game changer, like you said, is that water solubility and the, the ability one penetrate the skin with that. And two like be able to actually absorb more into your bloodstream and be able to actually do what it's intended to do there. Um, I've had I've had good results with it. Nanite. Um, I gotta write nanite. that down. Yeah, I, I, we need to add that 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 verbiage to training. We're gonna do the nanite, nanite intervals today. <laughs> the nanite intervals. <laughs> it I like like it. I like it. So, also going on because we're gonna be bringing on some of the guys from um uh, from Salming here now. VJ, you're also a Salming athlete. Now, we've had the guys on – I'm, I'm going to stir the pot a little bit um, with Rich here. Rich, Salming. We've had, I've had the Ultra guys on here. I'm a Salming athlete. VJ is a Salming athlete. How do you feel about Salming shoes? Uh, well, to be very, very honest with you, it wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, That's your opinion. No, I get it. I mean, you asked, right? So I, Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that'll just say things to bounce my lips off each other. I got to tell you the truth. Totally. Yeah, I just don't, uh, I don't love the shoe. Um, it's better than a lot. I know VJ's enjoyed the shoe. He's feeling pretty good about it. Uh, all I care about is not getting injured and he can run in it. And he's fine. Um, but from a go-to perspective and, and you know, the interesting thing about this and uh, incidentally, it's a, a nice segue into the fact that I just released my book. But in my book, I talk about shoe decisions, and mm -hmm. um, I don't endorse any particular manufacturer because okay. they're subject to change with the wind. You know, yep. and I know, I know you know this to be true. It's like you kind of finally get into a shoe that you really enjoy, and then after you start to wear it out and go back to get another pair, they've changed it, right? Absolutely, thousand percent. So I. I just think for me to, you know, people a lot of times will, will rely heavily on what I say about a shoe, and I don't want to be the guy that puts them down the wrong path. I don't want to say buy XYZ shoe because they make the best shoe, and turns out that they made six shoes that I wouldn't put on my foot to save my mother. 
you know, uh, but they might have one shoe that really rocks, right? So I don't, I, I just historically have found that it's just not good for me to endorse a brand. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, I'd probably change my mind if they paid me well enough. I, could, <laughs> I suppose I could be bought, <laughs> you know, but from a, from a, from a standpoint that, you know, I mean, the Salmig, it's, uh, it's, it has good properties to it, but there's a few things that I would take exception to, but uh, we won't go into that today. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, DJ, what do you like about him? Or like, where well, are you at with him? So working with Rich, you know, I really learned the value mm -hmm. of having a, a lower drop shoe from like a mechanic standpoint, from, um, you know, sensory feedback um, and the role that that plays in your mechanics. So I do like having a lower profile shoe, something that's lower, uh, a lower drop shoe as well. Um, but then there's also, you know, the, the way the shoe performs on race day. So that was one of the main things for me. Like if, uh, uh, if I'm going to work with a company, they need to have a shoe that I can race in and be really confident in. And mm -hmm. like previously I was wearing ultra, you know, um, I liked the wider toe box. I liked, um, mm -hmm. the zero drop. The only thing is, um, the way that that shoe fit, it was not great on, uh, on descents. It, it would slide around a lot. Um, I ended up having Huge to, box. Velcro. Yep. yeah. And I, I ended up having to put like Velcro, um, underneath the insole to hold it still because it would actually just slide up and around your foot. I'd end up running mm -hmm. and the entire insole is, was, was bunched up in underneath the ball of my foot and my heels just on the, on the, um, like that board in there. So that wasn't really working out for me. So I ended up trying this. Um, uh, I mean, I bounced around almost every brand you can imagine. Oh yeah. Um, We've tried it all. Yeah. We've been around yeah. for a while. And I, <laughs> yeah. And I tried, uh, I tried Salming. They sent me a couple pairs and I raced in the OT comp. I raced in the elements and it had just a really good feel for me. Um, I like a four millimeter drop for myself when racing, just cause Sometimes you get on a sketchy descent or you're carrying a sandbag and you just need to drop your heel. It, it happens. And having mm -hmm. that four millimeters of extra cushioning uh, under the heel, I think it's just enough to give you a little more protection without sacrificing any mechanics when you do have to get into some good running on the flat. So, and that's what they work with on both of their racing shoes. Um, so that really works for me. And the fit is, is unmatched. I, I just really like their racing shoes. So then I started jumping around and trying out some of the other uh, shoes they offer to train in. Um, I really like the Speed 7. I guess they're on the Speed 8 now, but I've been wearing mm -hmm. the Speed 7 for you know a few months. And uh, that's been a great shoe for me. I, it says it has like a 6-millimeter drop, but I don't know if that's true. I feel like it's actually a little lower because it doesn't feel that tall. It feels a little flatter and I think maybe I just wore it down enough to where it's like better. But um, the the real magic shoe for uh, for me from those guys is the Trail Six. The, um, I was talking to somebody just, just before this podcast about that shoe. Yeah, just it's, it's truly amazing. So they had the Trail Five, which was a great shoe. Um, the sole, the midsole, and the last were really great. Um, but it just. Uh, the, the upper of it was like a sweater. It's like you're always running around with like a winter coat on or something. It was terrible. Um, so they fixed that. And with the thinner uh, upper that they released, the shoe got a little wider too. So the toe box was a little wider. 
um, Vibram outsole on that, and it's it's a five millimeter drop, so it's a really good middle ground to just be uh, good for everything. And it's it's probably my favorite running shoe I've ever had. Um, I used to run a lot in the Ultra Superior back when they had the the Superior mm-hmm. Three and the Superior Three Point Five, and I ran those until they were bald. I loved those shoes, and I find myself finally finding something that has a really similar vibe to that shoe, just a little bit more uh, stack height. And I, I'm I'm running these shoes until they're bald. Like I I have. Uh, I'm still on my first pair of trail sixes, but they're, they're starting to go bald. I'm about to swap out, but, um, they still feel so good. Um, I, I almost run them on the road now too, because uh, they're not as aggressive as they were. Cause I've really rubbed off all the, uh, <laughs> You've rubbed the all the lugs on the bottoms. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> they might just be my road running shoes now after this. So, uh, if, if anyone's right. looking for just a great all around, that trail six is, is really awesome. I think going back to what you're talking about, Rich though, um, and to, to play on you, VJ, here a little bit, we've, we've done a lot of different shoes over the years. And just like you said, Rich, sometimes always the models change. We don't like – we like this shoe for a while. We've tried this one for a while. They quit making that model. I never – like I try to find the right shoe for the right person because it's very – like to me, that's always changing too. Me as an athlete, I've changed a lot from going from shorter distances to longer distances. And now I'm trying to figure out what I want to do again. Um, but finding finding that right – thing and finding that middle ground is kind of where i'm at so um let can i just jump in here for a second yeah sure thing um i'm listening to vj and i'm listening to you and you have mm-hmm. to realize that you know i'm an old man and and i'm hard-headed um <laughs> so what i what i do that is different than i hear a lot is i look at the properties of the shoe what is mm-hmm. it that we need from the shoe at the end of the day, all the things that people tend to look for from the shoe, they're looking in the wrong place. If you're looking for stability, if you're looking for motion control, if you're looking for those attributes from the shoe, you're barking up the wrong tree. That information comes from your body. So you need to get afferent information from the ground, the feedback from the ground, that is delivered through the mechanoreceptors in the, the front of your feet that signal the, the central nervous system to make decisions about which muscles to contract or relax relative to ground contact. So if you tune your body to run correctly, the shoe has one responsibility, which is to protect your feet from the environment. And the further from the ground you get, we're talking stack height, Yep. further from the ground you get, the more dampening you create for this signal to your CNS. If you um, elevate your heel, then you're starting to uh, change your point of balance. And now, mind you, that some people have tighter heel cords than others. They can't go zero drop, especially if they started out with something. And, you know, if you go back long enough, there was a lot 11, 12, 14 that we're not talking about these days. Now it's more like oh, yeah. four, Tons. five, six, right? So you come from an 11 or a 12 millimeters uh, uh, elevation in the heel and try to go to zero drop, it may not work for you. You might injure yourself. Uh, you may have to sure. work at getting down there. But what's also interesting to note is that you, you, I'm sure you're keenly aware that I do clinics all over the country. 
Yep. And one of the things that I've traditionally done with people is I get them out running barefoot on natural surfaces. And what's interesting is when all these conversations about what needs to happen underneath the foot with the shoe, take the shoes away, everybody's able to run barefoot with not a problem in the world and actually run better because you have optimal feedback from the earth and your body is more responsive. I don't have people saying, oh, my Achilles is killing me because we're running barefoot. Achilles hurts when you run in a shoe that's got a, a little bit of an elevation or even a zero drop because you're still being influenced by the shoe. Shoes influence natural functionality. I don't care what kind of shoe it is or who made it. <laughs> and it's, it's a true statement. So uh, you want to have as little inhibition from the shoe as possible. And now I'm done screaming. <laughs> I'm done screaming. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So I guess this kind of wraps up our time here that we've got here today for everything. Um, what are you guys' next big plans, BJ, with everything kind of on in chaos mode right now? Um, just going to work on my weaknesses um, and keep writing program for the OCR performance project. Uh, it's going to be since, great. Since you know, a, a lot of gyms are closed and everything, we're finding ways to uh, – practice and develop the skills required for obstacles um, without access to obstacles. So that's that's something I think that's going to be unique to this program. Um, so I'm excited to, to put some great stuff together for these guys. So that's, that's taking up a little bit of my time, just getting ready for that. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to stay ready. And when they decide to release an event, I'll be there. Might there I go. A lot of people are under the assumption right now that you know, we shut the door behind us on this program. This program is month to month. Someone could join this program anytime. They could, you know, they could decide, I want to get in today. I want to get in tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Um, I hope, if everything goes as I hope, we're going to be writing program and working with athletes right through 2021. So um, if it hasn't been in the cards for you in the last month or so, and things are starting to lighten up and it's a good time, we're still taking people into the group. Absolutely. So, so all of our listeners out there, check out the OCR performance uh, project there with VJ and Rich. Um, yeah, guys, thanks so much for being on the cast today. And incidentally, they got to find it by going to the website, diazhumanperformance.com, D-I-A-Z humanperformance.com. They'll find it. That'll reach out to Very much, Rich Jake. and VJ. Hey, no problem. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us on. It was a blast. And that's Rich and VJ. There you go. You know, he's a polarizing dude. There really isn't very many other people that are quite as polarizing as him. And when you've done it as long as he has, he's, you know, kind of set in, in what he thinks and what works for him. But I think, like, that's a thing with coaches. You know, like, we have polarizing coaches in the sport. Like... People are opinionated about Dennis Welch. You know, people are opinionated yeah. about um, all sorts of like I've seen so many different people over the years. Like right. like you're now working with Hunter. Yeah. Um, we've both worked with Dennis. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked with Yancey. Um, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I've worked with Yancey as well. Mm -hmm. People are out there working with Hosick. People are working yeah. out have worked out there with Faye. Um, yeah. You know, um, Mark Battress. Um, I know. Uh, Bracken does coaching. Yeah. Um, you know, and and everybody's um, got their own way of doing things. And as athletes, I mean, they've all had some successes with different athletes. And, you mm -hmm. know, you talk to different mm -hmm. athletes who've worked with these coaches and 
you know, what works for one may not work for the other. And it's, it's kind of like I was talking about in there with Rich a little bit, finding the right shoe and finding the right person, which he didn't agree with, but uh, like, right. <laughs> I've got reasons I wear the shoes that I like, and you've got reasons you wear the shoes that I, you like. Um, right. I'm not going to go run in a kilt. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to flat out say it, Leah, when we go to Highlander here in a week, I'm not going to wear my kilt when I run because I'm not used to that. That's not right. Me. Right. Um, well, I mean, and it boils down to what works for you as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And where do you some, find the right mixture? Right. Some people want a hands-on coach that's going to talk it out and work with them and, you know, whatever the case may be. And some people just, you know, give me my workout, leave me alone. It just, mm-hmm. it all depends on what works for you. Um, and, you know, this is another option out there for athletes who are looking for a new program, a new coach. Um, you know, so we yeah, want to put it, it out there. Yeah. And my, my opinion would be to people explore, try right. different stuff, learn different things, you know, learn different methodologies because life's too short to just be stuck in one rut forever. Um, well, and you learn more about yourself as absolutely. a person as an, and as an athlete. And I can say having worked with, you know, whether it be personal trainers in the gym or run coaches or whatever, I've had my fair share um, over the past, you know, eight, 10 years nearly now. Um, and different seasons call for different things, you know. Absolutely. So people grow you know, and they change and they may need something different. You know, we've worked with Bracken. We've worked with all these different mm-hmm. people. We've worked with, um, I've worked with, you know, Yancey. I've worked mm-hmm. with um, Dennis. Dennis was mm-hmm. good for programming a lot of my endurance stuff. And people are like, mm-hmm. I, I think back to John Yatsko. And he mm-hmm. was like talking about going on like a three hour run. And, you know, I've talked to so many trainers. They're like, after a three hour period, there's nothing you can do cardiovascular that's going to be beneficial to you. Right. And John Yatsko was talking about it one time saying like, I want to see what my body does after that time. Mm-hmm. Because I, maybe I've never ran for three hours straight. Maybe I got to figure out what my body's going right. to say. Um, and, you know, we've not seen a lot of times in Spartan Race World Championships where they've been over there for three hours. But no, like back not in, days, in like the regular Atlanta. beast, right? No. Well, I mean, we saw the Spartan Race World Championship in Vermont, and we we're starting to get there a little bit back in the day. And the question Back in was, the day. Like, back in the day in, like, 2014 period. And right. the question was, is it going to keep taking off from there? And it kind of changed up the game. And looked, but it kept looking different, I guess, is my thing. And well, finding right. that difference I mean, is And the constant state of evolution with our sport – you know, yeah. the sport is growing and now with COVID and all of this stuff, I mean, who knows what we're going to come back to. So, you know, now's the time <sighs> to figure out what works for you, what keeps training exciting for you, or what try keeps something you different. motivated. Mm-hmm. Try to mix it up a little bit. So I guess that's there all I've go. really got this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what do you got going this weekend? <laughs> Anything fun? Um, I'm doing the second race in a, in a local trail series. Um, now did you go to that one last, the other week with Scott, the finals? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first one. That was uh, a week or two ago. Um, it's a local trail series called dirty spokes down here in Georgia. Um, and it's just a really great series. It's good people. Um, it's the series that I just finished up. Um, in what July finished the, the fall version or spring version rather. And now we're Mm -hmm. starting up a new one. So, um, it was great. We saw, you know, Scott came out, Rachel Waters was out here. Um, yeah, lots of people running the trail. So number two is this weekend. 
Good deal, good deal. And how long's the distance? Um, so there's a, a short option and a long option at every race. So you the series you pick, do you want to do the shorts or the longs? The shorts are about 5K to 5 miles each race mm-hmm. um, and varying trails and state parks in the area. And then the longs are about 10K to 10 miles. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm I'm probably just gonna be putting in training this weekend. Just as usual. Yeah, we got a big Still race next weekend. I'm hopefully gonna be doing okay. Jordan's texting me right now, just giving me giving me crap. <laughs> <laughs> so before we end this week, um, yes. I want to start doing a new thing with you. Okay, tell me. Um, I want to do a shout out. Okay. And every week I'm gonna challenge you now. At the end of our episode, we're gonna give a shout out to one of our one of our friends. Okay. Uh, that you think of that deserves a shout out for something awesome they've done this week. Or, like, we're going to do public recognition. Okay. <laughs> um, so, like, somebody in the past few here that you've seen that have spoken out to you, and you're like, that really motivated me. That's really cool. Good for them. I got uh, or just maybe, maybe giving you a hot dog. Yep. <laughs> somebody really nice. Yep. Um, so you go first. Um, so I'm going to shout out to one of my alpha teammates, uh, Trina Fox. Trina is um, a master's level athlete. She has been competitive in the sport for about two, three years, I guess. Um, And she, this past weekend, was at Conquer the Gauntlet, which has been a nemesis race for her. She's Mm -hmm. lost her belt every time. She has really struggled with it. Um, Went in going to this race with the determination to do it. And I am so proud of her. She came out not only keeping her belt, but taking third place overall masters. That's great. That's just great. How about you? Me? Yep. I'm going to give it to our good friend, Alex Sawicki. Um, okay. Alex, we love you. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter shares a name with you. Yep. <laughs> um, because, but she was giving me crap about it. So, so Alexandra Sawicki and uh-huh. Alexandria. Okay. The eye matters. Um, but um, Miss Alexandria May. Um, but mm-hmm. Alex Sawicki, um, she did. They had a virtual race for the. Have you ever heard of the? I forget what the exact name. The Mohi. There's a basically a paddleboard race, island island in Hawaii. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I forget what it's called, but yes, I know it's, what you're talking it's about. It's like the Mohigo, or I, I forget, but anyway, I first learned about it because I was a huge fan of that show, Boundless. Yes. Back in the day with Hunter, but Hunter, Hunter was, was up on it. season three, and then these other guys, um, Paul and uh, you know Turbo and everything. I've, I've raced with Turbo. He was a cool dude. Met him. Really neat dude. We've exchanged stuff back and forth. Um, just talked to Sport a few times. Um, cool guys, but in the first season they did this Mohiko or whatever the name is paddleboard mm-hmm. race. It's like 32 miles island to island in Hawaii. Okay. And they had a virtual version that was 16 miles. You had to go on a paddleboard, mm-hmm. and Alex did it so she could get the medal. And you know what? That's freaking cool. That That's is pretty like, badass. Like I'm just gonna go up. Yeah. The concept of somebody wanting to go do something and going and doing it. I don't care yep. what. Like, I don't care. I don't know much about training. I'm going to learn a little bit. And Alex likes paddleboarding, but mm-hmm. like, like just saying you're going to go do it and doing it because you yep. want to go do it. That's a great thing. We need more yep. shit like that. <laughs> and being able to do it by yourself and absolutely without, you know, the race environment and all that. So absolutely, absolutely. kudos to her. Just going out onto a lake in the middle of the morning and getting some work done. It kind of made me want to go get a paddleboard again because I miss paddleboarding. It's fun. It is fun. So 
I guess right. um, I guess that's it for this week, that's Leah. That's about it. Yep. Um, until next week, I'm Jacob Bosecker. And I'm Leah Hensley. We'll see you at the start line. Bye. This has been the Bro CR Supercast, powered by Bro CR Media. We always love reviews. Oh, and shout outs too. Want to be on the review? Drop us a line. We know there are other obstacle course racing podcasts out there, but you choose to laugh with us for a while. So, thanks. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.